Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Old Testament, you can find right in the beginning, the book of Genesis, and then the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 3 is where we'll begin. Exodus chapter number 3. All right. It was in April of 1863 in Columbus, Mississippi. After decorating the graves of her two sons who died as they represented their beloved Southland, an elderly woman walked over to two mounds of dirt that were over in the corner of the cemetery to place flowers by the two mounds of dirt. Some friends that were with her shouted and said, What are you doing? Those are union graves. And softly and compassionately she turned and she said, I know. But I also know that somewhere in the north, a mother or a young wife mourns for them as we do for ours. It was from this act of compassion and this loving deed that set in motion the celebration that we will celebrate tomorrow that is known as Memorial Day. Just a simple act of kindness, a simple act of remembrance, of honor. And tomorrow we will honor the war dead and their sacrifice that is honestly evident every day of the year. Today, we want to honor the memory of those who sacrificed their lives upon the altar of freedom. Thousands who have sacrificed. But of course, their sacrifice is one of the reasons as to why we are free today. One of the reasons we have the right to freely assemble here today. We ought to be grateful for it. Over three million members of our armed forces have died to preserve the freedoms that we enjoy today. That is what tomorrow will be about. Again, we've come to know it as Memorial Day. And you know, as a general rule, we have many memorials that have been established over the decades, the centuries within our country. And it's in an attempt to preserve and really to continue to pass on the important events, the 
the memories of history. This practice, however, is not one just of a modern day. It didn't begin simply at the time of the Civil War or after that. It's one that has been practiced among cultures for centuries and even millenniums. One of those cultures that learned the importance of memorials was the children of Israel as they were being led out of the, children, out of the bondage in Egypt. I'd invite you to look with me in the book of Exodus in the third chapter, and we'll begin reading this morning in the 13th verse. As the Bible says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you, this is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. If you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, I would invite you to mark that phrase in verse number 15, where God said, this is my memorial unto all generations. As he said in verse 16, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. But again, in verse 15, God said, And this is my memorial unto all generations. I ask you this morning by way of introduction, what is a memorial? What is a memorial? And in that thought of what is a memorial, we must consider its purpose. We must first consider the purpose of a memorial. Obviously, within the name or the word itself, memorial, we find the word memory or to remember. And as I described a few moments ago, we have many memorials throughout our lifetime. Even in our own lives, we place and set up memorials. If you're married, you probably celebrate a memorial on an annual basis, that of your wedding day. 
We call it an anniversary, but it's a memorial. And you remember it, and you have memorized part of it. You go back through, and you look at pictures, and you have it memorialized. You have memorials for birthdays and other special events. And of course, as we do with Memorial Day, we also have memorials for things such as deaths of important people that we remember in our lives. When it comes to the spiritual things of life, I ask you, do you have any memorials? A memorial is something to remember. And in the spiritual realm is to remember what God has done. Can you remember what God has done in your life? Can you remember what God has done throughout the test of time? In this particular event in Exodus chapter 3, God says, I have done this, and this is a memorial unto all generations. He says, what I'm about to do, I don't want just you to remember, but I want your children to remember. And I don't want just the, your children to remember, but I want their children to remember. And their children, and their children, and their children, and their children. He says, as a matter of fact, I want all generations to remember. Here we are some 4,000 years removed from when God spoke to Moses. And we're still talking about what God did. Why? Because God said, this is my memorial unto all generations. So we find the purpose of a memorial to remember what God has done. But can I say, secondly, not just the purpose of a memorial, but can I say also the practice of a memorial? It's one thing to have a memorial, but it's also quite another to practice what the purpose of the memorial is. If the purpose is to remember, then certainly we must remember. And if the practice is to remember, then we must rehearse to others what God has done. You know, in our culture, I, and I don't know exactly when this began or when it started, but I, I know it's been most of my lifetime. But sadly, Memorial Day has become more about a day off and picnics, and saving money on mattresses and cars than it has been about, well, Memorial Day. Now, I've seen a, I think, a good resurgence of the remembrance of Memorial Day over the last couple of years. But yet, there has to be a practice of it. Lest the memorial is in vain. If we're going to remember what God has done, we must be rehearsing it, otherwise we will lose it in the next generation. 
And at some point in, in our culture's history, someone has stopped rehearsing. And we've simply taken advantage of the day off. Oh, that we might rehearse once again the purpose of the Memorial Day of those who have given their lives. Of those who have paid the ultimate price for our country. The third question that I ask in what is a memorial, as we see the purpose, we see the practice, may I submit to you number three, the passing of a memorial. The passing of a memorial, and that is to reestablish to others what God has done. The reestablishing, it's similar to the practice of a memorial, but this, this is more deliberate. For this has to do with a deliberate passing and an intentional teaching. This is a reestablishing of the memorial to the next generation. Again, a rehearsing of this is what God has done. Let me ask you something. Do others know your testimony? If you're saved this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you have children, could your children tell your testimony? Do they know how you got saved? Do they know how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you rehearsed it to them? Could they reestablish your testimony if they had to? If not, maybe you could reestablish it for them. In helping them. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. You see, God here says that He has placed this here for a memorial. He says, this is my memorial unto all generations about what I'm going to do. Do you have spiritual memorials in your life? Again, did you know that God gave the children of Israel a spiritual memorial in their lives? As a matter of fact, this here in Exodus chapter 3, while it is the first time, it's not the only time. As a matter of fact, there are multiple times that God instructs the children of Israel to keep a memorial, to remember something, to build, to keep, and to have a memorial in their lives. And I think it would be advantageous to us and a great benefit that we would look at some of these memorials that we might be able to apply these in a spiritual way to our lives this morning. Because I believe that if we are going to set up memorials in our lives, memorials never happen on accident. They never happen on accident. Memorials Memorials, let me say it that way, always happen on purpose. Always happen on purpose. 
Because someone purposed to remember. Because someone purposed to say, you know what? We're going to make it a point to remember this. Well, in the book of Exodus, God made it a point to instruct the children of Israel to set up memorials. I want to talk about these because how he told them and what he told them, you and I can set up the same type of memorial in our lives to remember what God has done. And not only can we remember, we can also practice and rehearse them to others. And we can reestablish them and pass them on to the next generation. Oh, it's of grave importance. So let's pray this morning and we'll jump right in here and look very quickly as we preach the message entitled Memorials on Purpose. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And God, I pray this morning that as we look at your holy word today, God, you established these memorials within the children of Israel. And Father, I know that these principles that you established these thousands of years ago, God, are still principles that would be beneficial to us today. You've preserved them in your word for our learning, for our knowledge. And God, I pray this morning that as we explore them and as we hopefully apply them to our lives, that we might be able to set them up as memorials in and through our own lives. God, that you would use them, that you would apply them to our spiritual hearts. And Father, I pray this morning, if there's one here that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that Father, that they would come to know you as I know you as a risen Lord. Help us in this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want you to consider five memorials this morning that we can set up in our own lives. All of these we find in the book of Exodus. The first one if you'll turn over to chapter 12, chapter 12, as we go through this wonderful book, of course, God is preparing, as we find in chapter 3, to call the children of Israel out of Egypt. And through this call out of the land of Egypt, God is going to call them, as he said, he's doing this for a memorial to them and for them. And throughout this process, he is calling them, and again, we'll make some spiritual application uh, to our own lives as we go through this. Within chapter 12, what we find is uh, God has been, uh, as God called Moses to go to Pharaoh and call the children of Israel out of Egypt, Moses has done just that. He went to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. As Pharaoh first said, okay, then he changed his mind and 
Moses had to continually go back to Pharaoh and tell what God said, and Pharaoh continually said no. So God sent a plague. Moses went back. God said no. And Mo, or Pharaoh said no. And as we come to chapter 12, one of the most significant and changing plagues that we find in the Scripture is the plague of the death of the firstborn. God told Moses to tell the children of Israel to take the blood of an animal, to place it over the doorpost, because at a certain time, the death angel was going to come. And wherever the death angel would come, wherever he found the blood, the child would be saved. But where the blood was not found, the child would not be saved. They would be taken. So Moses instructed all of the Israelites to place that blood. In verse number 12, the Bible says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. He said, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And where I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And look what he says in verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast. Be an ordinance forever. And he goes on to describe on how they should keep it. The first memorial I want to talk to you about this morning is the memorial to remember the day you got saved. Do you remember the day you got saved? Oh, what a day. Oh, what a day. I will tell you, for me, I was roughly eight years old. I wish somebody had taught me back then to mark the date down. Nobody taught me that. I couldn't tell you the date. I know it was in the spring. It was near Easter. And I know I was in the second grade. I know I was in the second grade because while they didn't teach me to write the date down, they did teach me. Mike Williams led me to the Lord. His name was Mike Williams. And one of the things Mike Williams taught me was, he said, Aaron, he said, the Bible says that whosoever shall call, the name, that shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall not be ashamed. He said that means you're going to tell someone that you got saved. I said, okay. So you're not going to be ashamed. And he taught me what that meant. And I remember going in the next morning on Monday morning and telling my second grade teacher, Mrs. LaCroix, one of the meanest teachers I ever had, that I got saved. I say she was one of the meanest teachers I ever had because when I told her I got saved, you know, she wasn't very excited for me. She wasn't. Kind of shook me a little bit. I didn't want to tell too many people after that. I did, but it was difficult. But I told Mrs. LaCroix when I was in second grade, I got saved at church. I remember telling my parents I got saved. I told my sister, who was two years older than me, I got saved at church. You see, when Mike Williams stood up in that children's service at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Lawrence, Indiana, he talked about sin and being a sinner. And you know what? As an eight-year-old boy, there was one thing I knew. If I knew anything, I had sinned. Because I felt it. When he talked about it, oh, it gripped me. It gripped me. And I knew as soon as he started talking about it, I was a sinner. And then he started talking about a place called hell. And then he started talking about death. And I didn't fully understand all that was wrapped up in death, but I understood enough to know that if I died as an eight-year-old boy, and that if I had died that day, I would have died and gone to hell. It scared me to no end. But then he told me about Jesus. Amen. And he told about how Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. And how Jesus was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I couldn't tell you every word that Mike Williams told that day. But I know this. When he was done, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I asked Jesus to save me. I accepted that blood sacrifice that Jesus placed so that I could go to heaven. Oh, I remember the day I got saved. Whether it was March 22nd or March 1st, I know not. But I know the day 
I remember it. It's a memorial unto me. And here God is telling the children of Israel, He says, I'm going to pass over. And anybody that has the blood applied, I'm going to pass over. He said, in this day shall be unto you for a memorial. Let me ask you something. Is the day you got saved a memorial for you? Is it? Do you remember it? Listen, I'm, I'm not, I, I've never tried to, to preach somebody into a lost state or anything like that. But I'm just going to say unto you, if you don't remember the day you got saved, something might be wrong. Something might be wrong. If you don't remember the day you got saved, I don't remember. Well, let me ask you something. Were you there? I wear a wedding ring to remind me I'm married. I remember the day I got married. Some of it is a blur. But I remember the day I was there. I don't wear the ring to tell me I'm married. Amen. But it is a memorial, I remember. Listen, do you remember? Again, you don't have to know the date, but do you remember the day you got saved? Do you remember the day the blood was applied to your life? It's a wonderful memorial. I tell you, it'll bring a lot of joy back to your life when things aren't going great. Just remember the day you got saved. Just remember the day Jesus saved you. Oh, it's a great day. Let's hurriedly move to number two. It's in chapter 13. It's the very next chapter. As they continue to go through in verse number nine, we'll go back to verse number eight. It says, And thou shalt show thy son in that day. And he says, saying, this is done because of that which, it, which the Lord did unto me, which I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. Hey, you remember the day you got saved? Amen? Now let me ask you this. Do you remember what you got saved out of? 
You remember what he saved you from? Because that's what he's saying right here. Now look. He says, notice this, he's saying, you're going to say this to your son in that day. This was done because of what God did. Remember what I told you about rehearsing? This memorial? He said, this is a memorial because of what God has done. Now listen, we all have a testimony, don't we? We all have a testimony. And I just shared my testimony of salvation. Now listen, listen, my testimony of salvation. I was eight years old. Now remember, I told you, and I continue to tell you, I am a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. All right, but I was eight years old. While I was a sinner, can I just tell you? The depth of my sin was not that great. Brother Keith, I had never stolen a car at eight years old. Now look, I'm not bragging. I just hadn't lived long enough to get that far and deep into sin. I hadn't done drugs. I hadn't, God didn't have to save me from alcohol at eight years old. I don't have that testimony. But you know what? Some of you do. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have that testimony. And you know what? I say again, glory to God. I ask you this morning, do you remember, have you memorialized what God has saved you from? Is it a memorial unto you? Because God said, it shall be a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes. God says, never forget what I've saved you from. Don't forget where you come from. You see, when we forget, sometimes when we forget what God has saved us from, we have a tendency to go back to it. We do. I will tell you, as an eight-year-old boy, I hadn't, hadn't experienced a whole lot of gross sin. But I, but I have after. have after. Brother Keith, I still have not stolen a car. I will say that. Do you remember what you got saved out of? To be able to stop and say, God, thank you. It's for a memorial of what God has done. It has nothing to do with what I've done. It's where God found me. It's where God saved me from. And then it takes us to number three. It's very, very important. 
We remember the day we got saved. We remember what he saved us from because in chapter 17, Joshua is having a little battle. And in verse number 13 of chapter 17, the Bible says that Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book. Again, write this for a memorial in a book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Number one, remember the day you got saved. Number two, remember what he saved you out of. Can I say, number three, we must remember that there's a continuous battle with the flesh. We have a continuous battle with the flesh, don't we? Hey, I'm saved. And as, as Moses built this altar and said, Jehovah Nisi, that means the Lord is our banner. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is over us. He fights for us. He fights with us. He fights alongside of us. There's still a battle with the flesh. It's not over. And we must not forget that. And he tells Joshua, he says, write it down. Write this for a memorial that he forget not. Rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. There's a continual battle with the flesh. We have it. We have it going to go on and on and on but one day hallelujah it's going to be over isn't it that's why i'm glad i'm saved amen i'm going to shed this flesh and god's going to give me a glorified body amen the battle's going to be over one day. And it is simply going to be a memorial. But we need to remember while we're here and that we're living, there is a continuous battle with the flesh. Jump over to chapter 28, if you will. Remember the day you got saved. Remember what he saved you out of. Remember there's a continuous battle with the flesh. Number four. In verse number 29 of chapter 28, the Bible says, And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. 
when he goeth into the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Again, we find another memorial. Another memorial. This has to do with Aaron. Aaron was the high priest that he would put on the priestly garments. And he had this wonderful privilege to be the one to go in and stand before God. And as Aaron would go in and stand before God, he tells him that he needed to do so and place the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. When he goes into that holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. If we're going to remember the day we got saved, and if we're going to remember that what we got saved out of and that we're in a continuous battle with the flesh, I think it's extremely important that we remember that as we have gotten saved, as we have been saved out of and in this battle with the flesh, that we need to remember that as a saved individual, that we are a member of the royal priesthood. And we have complete access to God. Amen. You and I can go directly before the throne of God because we have the blood of Jesus Christ covering us as a saved individual. Amen. And listen, in a continuous battle with the flesh, we need to be at the throne of God. We need to be. And we have this access. And he says, set this up as a memorial. Let me give you this last one in chapter 39. As God says once again to set up a memorial, to have a memorial. The last one here. Pretty heavy chapter in chapter 39 as he describes the garments for Aaron, the high priest again. In verse number 7, he's describing the ephod, and as he says, and, and he put them on the shoulders of the ephod, that they should be stones, notice again, he says, for a memorial to the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses. So for a memorial for the children of Israel, so they could remember what it's all about, what it's for. And, and, and you can read through on your own time all the description in, in this chapter, but I want you to drop down to verse number 41 because it, it describes it all and brings it all to, a, uh, to an explanation. As it says in verse 41, the cloths of service to do service in the holy place and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and his son's garments to minister in the priest's office according to all that the Lord commanded Moses so the children of Israel made all the work. 
And Moses did look upon the work, and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it. And Moses blessed them. So if we're going to remember the day we got saved, remember what he saved us out of, remember that there's a continuous battle, remembering that as a member of the royal priesthood, we have complete access to God. Number five, we must remember that God saved us to serve at His pleasure, not ours. When we read through this next to the final chapter in Exodus chapter 39, and he describes all of this that's happening, he says the cloths of service that are to take place in the holy place, that is God's place, that is in God's service, at God's service. Listen, God saved us to serve at His pleasure according to all that God has asked. May I just remind us that as we are remembering these things, remembering why God saved us, what He saved us from, yes, we're in a battle Oh, but we have access to Him, and we serve at His pleasure. Listen, this morning, you may be here and not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I have no idea. But you do. If you're just even the slightest bit unsure, you might want to make sure. We have people here that can help you with that. Because the Bible gives us a clear path and a clear understanding of how you can know for sure that if you were to die today, that heaven would be your home. And it is the most wonderful thing to know. And if you don't know, I certainly invite you. Would you let someone help you with that? Could you, you could set up a memorial today. You say, I'm just not sure. Let us help you. Be sure. Listen, it's okay to not be sure. But it's not as okay to leave here not being sure. Because there is an opportunity that you can be sure. So I give that first. If you are sure, you know the day you got saved. Remember it. Remember that. Remember it often. Rehearse it. To someone. Tell it to somebody. Again, the Bible says, you won't be ashamed for those who call upon the name of the Lord. I'm saved and I know it. And this is how it happened. 
You remember what he saved you out of? Whatever your story is, you ought to be grateful. You may be like me, eight years old. You may be six years old. Whatever your story is, be grateful. You may have been 30 years old, a drunk on the street. Be grateful what he saved you out of. You have a battle with the flesh. You need to remember that. When things get tough, you have a battle with the flesh. It's continuous. But as you remember that you have a battle with the flesh, remember, hey, you have access to God. You can go to Him. Because He is our banner. And He saved us to serve. Are you serving the Lord today? Are you serving the Lord today? This is for a memorial. Memorials on purpose. You see, you're going to choose today to either set up these memorials or not. Or not. But you have the opportunity. May God help us. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.